oh, it just gets so out of control, and I know I have to turn it around. Life, love, and family. Everybody wants something from you. You are exhausted, physically, emotionally, spiritually. This is the stuff that drives me crazy. This is the stuff that's getting to me lately. In the middle of my little mess, I forget how big I'm blessed. This is the stuff that gets under my skin, but I've got to try. How about you? Are you stressed so thin that you feel like you're being pulled apart at the seams? I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, founder of The Center, A Place of Hope. Today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about real strategies you can use today to de-stress your life. We live in a fast-paced world, constant pressure. Chronic stress leads to irritability, leads to depression, and leads to anxiety. How about you? Are you tired all the time? Have headaches or has that muscle tension in your shoulders become routine? There is hope. If you or somebody you love is feeling emotionally exhausted, we've all been in burnout, but we tend to keep going and we land ourselves in a place that I'm calling today emotionally and physically exhausted, and you're on the verge of falling apart, you do deserve a healthy and balanced life with peace and joy. So let's begin today to talk about how to make that happen. Peace and joy. Kara's in the studio. Wow, this is one of those topics I think we can all relate to. I mean, it's is busier and busier all the time. Stress today is something that I know from personal experience. And I've had my season of stress. And I've made all the mistakes that one can make when you land in that place of being emotionally exhausted. I remember how I felt. I remember what I was going through. And, and you know, some things in life we don't want to repeat. You know, one of our biggest challenges is to find true peace and quiet in our culture. I mean, we are constantly bombarded. While much of the technology, of course, is designed to make our lives easier, I believe there reaches a point where the technology can add more pressure. Think about it. Each morning, we're jarred awake with an alarm. Some, they have their smartphone next to their bed. They hear the chimes, and it's not the alarm. They're getting messages, and they don't want to miss anything. We're pretty well connected to the world, but at what cost? One of the leading causes of chronic stress is media overload, is this technology issue. We live in the I generation, television, email, social networking, and there's always a new app. Is it all too much? Do you feel like I am about to explode with this invasion of technology in my family and all I see is my spouse doing email from their smartphone and we're not talking as a family and it's a point of stress. Let's talk about it today. Maybe it's time for a, a detox energy back in your life. We're going to find that there is new hope for us today as we maybe are faced with a great deal of stress, needing a new way out. 
Hi, welcome to the program. How can I help today? Hi. Uh, we are talking about stress and yes. dealing with stress. And um, I tend to be in a rut right now that I am trying very hard to break out of where I am getting comfort from food. And it's like hunger doesn't even matter. It's like it's not an issue of when I'm hungry, I eat or something. It's just like I think about it all the time. I look forward to going home and, you know, just having that be like that's something that I look forward to as a comfort thing. And I know that my health is just getting terribly out of control, but this it's is good. It's comfort. I okay. Can't it. Well, there's always, there is a reward and there's enough of reward that we keep doing it, even though we know, have you noticed it go, oh, this isn't right, but, but it's working sort of. So I keep doing it. Right. What's the big stress for you? Why do you okay. need to, to, to numb out on food? Your show isn't long enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So would it be there's fair to say more. there's multiple multiple stressors in your life right now? What would yes. be at, what would be at the top of the list? Probably my my work environment is very difficult right now. I'm the only Christian in my office. It's a family run business and so it's not corporate at all and so there's just all kinds of bad jokes and it just, you know, I seem to be the back end of a lot of this. So the environment is really, could I, would a fair word be oppressive? Yes, it's actually an insurance office. Do you feel That's personally attacked? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, I would love to go get a job where I was doing something where my job was working for God. I, it's just so frustrating. All right, so feeling personally attacked, I'm, I get home, I feel stressed, and it's like, where do I put this stress? Yes. Okay, and I find, oh, food is kind of nice. But you mentioned that you had a health concern. What's going on? Is it weight? What's happening? Well, yes. I mean, terribly, especially the more that I stress out, the more that that's a comfort. And I'm just like, oh, it just feels so out of control. And I know I have to turn it around. And, and I just, I don't know how to get out of that. Like having a wheel of your car stuck in a rut. How do you pull it up out of there to try and get back on the road? Exactly. And we're going to talk about a couple of things I want you to do today. I have two more questions for you. How does it leave you feeling afterwards? Maybe I overeat or maybe I binge. How am I left feeling? During is good. After is terrible. It is, isn't it? Yes. And how do you feel? I feel like I let God down and I, I love him so much and I have such a hunger for him right now and I'm reading voraciously and studying and I just feel so drawn to him and I feel like this is one area where I just, can't seem to do what I know he would want me to do. All right. And so it, it does bring some guilt or shame. Oh, definitely. You hide the evidence and, oh, completely. So anytime, and here's what I want you to anytime we have to do something, you know, in secret or we're misusing something, and in your case, I mean, it could be almost anything, but in your case, food. And, you know, food is one of our, our first sources of comfort. So when we get stressed out, it's certainly easy to choose food, isn't it? Yes. Is there anything else you're doing right now that's causing guilt and shame? I was drinking quite a bit and I actually quit and that was great. I think that's definitely helped, but I can't quit food. Okay. Yeah. Well, sometimes when we stop drinking or stop, we will increase the other. In this case, you maybe have noticed, well, I'm doing food even more. 
I think so, yes. Okay. This can lead to us really feeling depressed about ourselves, where our self-talk gets, we start really saying bad things about ourselves. And maybe you've noticed, but the worse we feel about ourselves, the more it affects our relationship with God. Yeah. And God can feel distant, and then we feel the guilt and shame, and it's, it's like a wedge between us and our relationship with God. Maybe you've yes. noticed that. Yes. So one of the things, I want to go back to the work environment, and then there's some new things I want you to attempt to practice. One is, you are working for God in that environment, and how you respond to these things is a real witness. I just think of the verse in Thessalonians that talks about count it all joy. Okay, God, I, I don't know how to count this joy, and I'm, I'm going into this environment. But there is really a matter of our heart that has to be adjusted when we're in an oppressive environment. So, God, I consider it all joy, and I'm going to serve you in this environment. God, I do pray for a different job, but I will serve you in, the, I do, I will serve you in this environment, right? Yes. And how do I serve God in this environment? Well, it's how I treat others, being prayerful. It's praying for wisdom, understanding that you are the light that's shining there. Have you ever thought of yourself that way? No. <laughs> but you really are. How, I mean, you are the light, God's love, and how you respond it's not a fun environment, but I want you to feel more empowered just understanding God is standing with you and there could be people there that need you and, and need how you're going to respond. And, and you're responding differently than everybody else. Yes. So God bless you in the work environment. I hope I'm, so. <laughs> well, I, I, okay, maybe it feels like I'm stretching this a bit, but you know, I can still make plans to leave that environment, but God, I'm going to serve you in this environment. I'm going to count it all joy. Lord, I'm, I can only function in this environment if I feel your presence and I'm serving you. I just want you to look at work a little differently. Okay. Because really, you're a really valuable person there. And if you feel targeted, it's because you stand out. You're different. And that's good. I wouldn't change how I'm different. Good. I, 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 I'm proud of the choices that I make. And it's just, you get beat down, you know? Yeah. Feeling like the freak of the office. But I wouldn't change what makes me different. I've done that before, and I, I won't go back there again. And this is my faith, and I believe it, and that's where I stand, period. It's just there's a lot of slack that comes off of that in this environment. God will bless you because of that position, and you will have what you need. Good position that you have. Now, the next is I need to look at the self-destructive behaviors that I'm doing. Of course, there's food, but I need to look at are there other self-destructive behaviors that I may be doing Am I avoiding people? Am I getting angry and taking it out on others? Other things besides food. So I need to do a little evaluation. Anything else self-destructive in my life? Definitely become a hermit. <laughs> okay, because we tend to isolate. Yes. <sighs> okay, well, I don't think you're a hermit. <laughs> it, it may be time to get out and reach out, um, but that's the next thing is, if I'm being secret with food or if I'm hiding food or if I'm stopping at certain places on my way home to get my drug of choice, which is food, then I need to change my route home. If I'm stockpiling my food at home, I've got to be accountable to that and change that. But here's what I want you to do starting this week, starting today. I want you to keep a journal and I want you to make a decision before I turn to food and I don't need to log the date and the time. And you can keep this, it's just private with you. I want you to make a decision. I'm going to pause and wait for 15 minutes. Oh, I want to binge on that. I get that half gallon of ice cream. No, well, maybe you do, but I want you to wait 15 minutes. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. I want you to develop a new discipline of pausing. Okay, God, help me. I'm going to let 15 minutes pass here. But during that 15 minutes, maybe I need to drink 32 ounces of water. I need to go outside. I need to change my physical environment. Okay. After 15 minutes, just jot down what's the main emotions I'm feeling. Okay. Is, is it anger? Just a couple sentences. Is it anger? Is it frustration? Did somebody in particular at work say something today that caused me to feel inferior, caused me to feel worse about myself? Maybe I'm going to punish myself with food. I'm punishing myself for what somebody else did to me. So just look and see what's the emotion. Okay. After you do that, if you want to eat that food, I'm giving you permission to do so. Okay. I just want you, for the, this week, just to practice that pause, wait 15 minutes, identify the emotion, change your physical environment, pray to God just for wisdom, and then whatever you want to do after that, you get to choose. That seems very doable as opposed to just trying to quit cold turkey and just walk away from everything. Yes, and what's going to happen is as you start identifying those emotions, and I think it's important to write them down, and maybe you'll start writing even more, but as you identify those dangerous emotions to you, sometimes we'll just make that decision go, you know what? Yeah, I don't want to go and eat. I, I get what's going on, and I'm not going to punish myself. There's other times where it just feels so overwhelming that, okay, I understand I'm really angry, but I'm still going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and you make that decision. But I, in listening to you, I bet that you will make more decisions not to be self-destructive. Well, it turns it into a conscious choice as opposed to routine or habit, too. Yes, it does. Let's pray, too, for what God has for you work-wise as well. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> there's a future, a different future there. I just feel like I have so much more to give to work for Him, and I'm, I feel stuck right now. Let me say a prayer for you. Thank you. Lord God, thank you for this precious person who's called today, who wants to serve you and feel good about doing it, and that she will be and understand that she is uh, empowered in that workplace that's so oppressive, that she is the light of your love and your presence, and give her what she needs. And we thank you, Lord, for the promise that she has for her future, and we ask for a work environment and relationships that also would be empowering and restorative. So we thank you for what's ahead and help her today to be empowered with your spirit to make good decisions on her self-care and that she'll be moving towards you versus away from you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks thank for your you call so today. You go, you, you go for it and you do it, all right? Will do. Thank you. Thank you. The effects of emotional exhaustion are devastating. And if you've just joined us, I'm Dr. Greg Jantz. And today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about stress and strategies to overcome it. Have you ever needed a vacation from your vacation? We got a question from Alice and she says she finally packed up all of her things. She went to Hawaii for a week had a marvelous time, really unplugged. Everything was great. She came back and she had so many emails and so much regular mail and the laundry piles and everything. She just is completely overwhelmed once again. And she's going, I, I just got back. How do I keep the islands with me and yeah. stay relaxed in this busy place? I need to have that aloha and come home. I think for us to be proactive, this is a common concern. People go, okay, okay, I'm going to take a break. And they do. And they come back and the pile is really high and you go, you know, it was 
probably easier that I didn't take a break. And then you feel like not coming back. Right. And then you come back with an attitude <laughs> and uh, you're irritable that you are back. Well, that said, I use the word proactive. One of the things that we need to look at doing. So often when we're gone, we think we're the only ones that can do certain things. And so if I need to do a better job before I leave of delegating, if I need to do a better job of saying that I'm really not available during these days, that means email. Um, do I really need to put that auto responder on my email that says I am gone and not responding and that email needs to forward to somebody else to handle? So often we get a grandiose idea of ourselves that we're the only one that can handle this. So, and then we, we don't really take the break. Sundays are a day of rest. Was it really a day of rest? Did you really rejuvenate? Find in your daily or weekly routines, where are my points where I'm going to allow rest and renewal in my life? Where am I going to unplug? Even if it's two hours, three hours, but where am I going to get this restorative? It's like the parent that's on the break. Yeah, uh, my kids are handled, but you're on the smartphone and you're distracted. You're really not resting. So find ways in your daily and weekly routine that are, these are my, I call them rejuvenation times. This is times where I rejuvenate. What am I doing for my self-care? Maybe I need to get a schedule of doing something physically. Those that maintain a strong fortress with stress in their life generally have some plan of proactiveness in their physical health. Meaning, am I taking, am I taking vitamins? Now, I'm, I'm one that believes in them because our food is not always in the best shape to supply these, and I don't always know what I'm breathing. So I'm going to say, I'm going to make sure I'm covering certain bases in my life. I'm going to be proactive. Do I need to be going outside in the fresh air and having a walk for 20 minutes? What am I doing under the physical heading? For example, I have right here in front of me my bottle of water. People get stressed. They tend to drink more of other things coffee, alcohol, soda pop. So when I'm stressed, I tend to go towards those things that are not so good. So am I doing my water each day? So look and see what you're doing to be proactive. Now, I want you to go on vacation, make it a true vacation, but there needs to be a delegation before I go. And this may even be, when I come home, I'd like to have things in order at home. Can somebody mow the grass? Can somebody take care of certain things? And can I really allow myself mentally, am I going to give myself permission to really truly have rejuvenation and a break? It's easier to truly have those longer breaks when I'm doing smaller ones throughout the week and at least each day a point of rejuvenation. Today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about steps you can take to begin now to de-stress your life. What role does gratitude have in my life? When we're overstressed, we lose gratitude. And instead of waking up in the morning with, oh, I'm really grateful and I'm happy about this day, you're waking up and the day seems cloudy and it seems maybe like there's a sense of impending doom on your day. So take a three by five card the old fashioned way and write down three points of gratefulness. Try that for a week and watch what that'll begin to do. The more gratefulness I can foster in my life, the greater that I will develop optimism and hope. I have two boys, and I'm reading a book on gratitude to my two boys. And we're talking about Corrie ten Boom, and she's in a Nazi prison camp for women, 
and she is in a flea-infested environment. The fleas are so bad that the guards won't even go in. And she's thanking the Lord for the fleas. And she doesn't have a bed to sleep on, not even a blanket. She has some pilings of wood, and she's sleeping on wood, and the fleas are so bad that the guards won't come in. And she's thanking the Lord for the fleas. That puts it in perspective. One of the things that she later discovered is she had a little Bible. Had the guards come in where there were all these fleas, they likely would have found her little Bible that she was keeping. And through that Bible, she not only strengthened herself, but she strengthened the others. So I guess there might have been a reason for the fleas. (laughs) So gratitude teaches us to put things in proper perspective. People who build a shield for stress in their life are always working on gratitude in their life. Now, that may be far-stretched and hard to imagine, but the power of gratitude. I'm the founder of The Center, A Place of Hope. This is our 30th year, and we know when people work through depression, anxiety, perhaps addiction in their life, they're coming to a turning point in their life when they begin to have a sense of gratitude. They begin to graduate through a process of healing when they begin to have gratitude. And they're not stuck on the past. They're not stuck in blame. It's easy to walk in blame when we're overstressed. It's easy to feel like everybody's against you. And you develop what I call really a a spirit of blame. And that doesn't allow for gratitude in your life. We're talking about steps you can take to begin now to de-stress your life. We have a question. The woman has gone back to work full-time after being a stay-at-home mom. She says she still has all of the childcare and primary household responsibilities that she had before she went back to work. She has asked her family over and over to help share the load, and they don't seem to be hearing her. The first place to start is just an attitude check for you. Make sure that you're not becoming embittered, that you're not getting the help you need. Because so often we have trained our family members that we'll do everything, and then when we really can't and we need help, there's still that expectation. So... Do a check of your own attitude towards this and then create, maybe it's a chore sheet or duty sheets, but you assign who does what. You're going to take a little bit of time. You're going to write this out. Maybe it's each week and who does what. My little Benji, we started this and his job was to set the table and load the dishwasher, etc. He's going to turn 12. In fact, this morning he was asking about, do I get the smiley face? Because I was down at breakfast on time. He's still collecting smiley face stickers. (laughs) And maybe you need to get your family going with some smiley face stickers. (laughs) (laughs) A little smiley face for the husband there, too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then here's the the thing. It's not about if it's a smiley face sticker and and you're making a little bit of fun with this, making the work, dividing it up. Everybody has their part. And the expectation is clear. Have a family reward. My Benji was asking how many smiley faces until he got more game time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So he had his own motivation. Create a system that's fun. And I'm just sharing what we did. Allow some time for a transition. It's going to be a month, maybe even two months to really get this smoothed out. But make sure we keep it fun and make sure that there is a reward for coming together and working as a family. Begin to change the verbiage of how you refer to your family. We're a team. We do this together. You may even refer to yourself as, we call ourselves Team, team Jance. So we're a team. We're going to work together here. 
put the framework in your mind of doing this as a team and see what happens. But allow the time for this transition. It's already overburdened and you're feeling overburdened, but let's keep an element of fun and enjoyment in here. The effects of emotional exhaustion are devastating. And you start to have physical symptoms and your body starts to scream out. One of those can be you can live under chronic burnout, chronic stress, and it begins to turn into anxiety mm-hmm. or what we call anxiety disorder. And we see this at the center. People have had a lot of chronic stress. And then later over time, they develop panic disorder. They develop depression. And it's a physical response to what's going on. Your adrenal glands, your body physically says, I've had enough. Before that happens, you've probably noticed that we have, may have some sleep disturbances. You may find yourself at a place where I'm not sleeping well. I don't wake up. I don't feel, when I wake up, I don't feel rested. You may even find that you wake up throughout the night and maybe eventually go back to sleep, but you're still not waking up rested. You may wake up sweaty and your mind racing, gasping for air. Your body is telling you, help. We tend to carry a lot of stress in our digestion and it affects our appetite. For some that get stressed out, I just want to overeat. But if I get way, way over the edge stressed out, food doesn't even feel good because it's no longer bringing me comfort. So I've overeaten for a while, but now I'm not doing well at all and I don't have an appetite at all. So stress will take us ultimately where we don't want to go. All right, we're told in that New Testament book of Thessalonians, count it all joy. And every step of recovery begins with a single step. You can make that step today, and maybe it's a baby step, but you can move out of emotional exhaustion. Let's do it. Let's make that decision today to take that baby step. It takes a little time sometimes to get your feet back on the ground. It takes a little time sometimes to get the Titanic turned back around. It takes a little time sometimes. It may be hard to admit, but things are spinning out of control. As you've heard today, did you realize that for the first time, your stress may be leading you to a much more serious problem? It doesn't have to be that way. You can start today by taking steps to de-stress your life and restore good health and balance. And we'd love to help you do that. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, and here at Life, Love & Family, We have all the resources you need if you're wondering, what is my next step? Call us right now and let us help you take back some control and enjoy a life of serenity with God's help. Our number is 1-855-455-3264. Thank you for listening to Life, Love, and Family. And you can hear this program again or share it with somebody you love at lifeloveandfamily.net. This is your life, and you have choices. You can overcome stress. God will give you all that you need. Life, Love, and Family. You know the feeling where you're tired and unmotivated, and sometimes you get mad for no reason. And maybe you don't like what it's doing to your family or to your job. 
That's why the Center for Counseling and Health Resources has been there for people for more than 30 years. They take a whole person care approach that'll look at everything from your nutrition, your vitamin balances, your mind, your spirit. Call 1-888-771-5166. Or for help right now, visit aplaceofhope.com. Women in Depression, get confidential help. 1-877-257-9612. Women addicted to alcohol or drugs, get confidential help. 1-877-257-9612. Women with anxiety or eating disorders, trauma, and PTSD, get confidential help. Timberline Knowles Residential Treatment Center, 1-877-257-9612 or timberlineknowles.com.